Hey, it's Peter here with my FSHD. Oh, you got it. The podcast is back. You know, it's back and better than ever because I've been uh, I've been hearing from a number of you, and I know one of the things I heard all the time was more CRISPR goddess. So no, no one said that. Well, they said less Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so I took that. I I extrapolated a little bit, and that's what I came up with. But yeah, on demand, yes, man, right next to you. But but it was in, it's interesting sort of thing, and you know and. Uh, you know what the que- the question is? So you know we've done the podcast over a year. That right? long? Believe it or not, wow. actually we started on Rare like Disease Day just yesterday. Well, it seems like it. <laughs> Time flies, but well, you know, but you know, it's and as people, I, I thought it was actually, I thought it's been going pretty well. Yeah. You know, and you know we started this out, but uh, I mean to me it was kind of like sort of, uh, uh, you know, cathartic. Well, it is, but also you know, is anyone going to listen? You didn't think anyone would listen, right? Uh, I was hoping not. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just you, see the difference? See, see, I want to educate, and she yeah, and I want to hide in a cave. <laughs> which is why you're you're, you're why I'm next door. You're publishing books out there, putting it out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but you know the idea was, you know, what 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 would happen if we actually did the podcast? If we did a podcast? Well, people on were asking for it. You didn't well, just come up with this. But there's girl. other podcasts out there. I mean, yeah. if you want to learn how to um, raise money from your family and friends. Through any means necessary. Yes, yes podcast, I do. There's podcasts out there for nefarious How means. How do I do that? Well, you write a book. Evidently. A prophet is not without no, honor no, unless no. I mean, he's in his own I mean, country. But it was kind of an experiment to have a podcast on on actual science. I don't know. Ray. People will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. Turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have, and peace they like. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers. Sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. Where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Ray, you will lose everything. 
you will be evicted. all right if you build it they will come right you got to know that one absolutely right? field of dreams field of dreams okay okay so we found a movie that you've seen heard of, heard of. <laughs> okay, we found a movie you've heard of we've lowered the bar is there a book <laughs> well you know okay so all that but you know baseball this is the opening you know, we just had it's like the first week of baseball season oh really right so you know, right. It's on there. we just had the masters too which of course is why you know the the quote for the golf. podcast golf right remember okay what was that quote the quote is this is everything ain't it this is the choice it comes down to this is our immortality okay you know what that's from uh tin cup okay so that's another movie you've heard of heard of yeah <laughs> i've seen the seminal scene the climactic scene yeah well i mean no what they'll go and you know getting the, the most famous 12 of all time yeah yeah okay so you yeah. identify with uh, the kevin costner character well, you know, I'd, so I identify with the field of dreams on the idea of just sort of, you know, um, just kind of following your gut, following whatever voice in your head to do whatever and hope things kind of work out in the end, you know, and I'm sorry. Peter Down, serial killer. But, but I also I also go with the uh, the tin cup. Um, I guess these are both Kevin Costner movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I go with the tin cup as well because, you know, the idea of going for it. So, you know. One of our themes has been, you know, slow and steady wins the race, right? right? To a point. Every once in a while, you got to go for it. You got to go for it every time. Yeah. But, you know, you got to swing for the fences. If you're always swinging for the fences, you're, you're striking out. So, but, you know, that's what I really like about the, the character in Tin Cub. Um, for those of you this, who are, you know, we have a lot of international audience. So, I mean, actually, Tin Cup is one of the movies that has one of the rare um u.s sports movies that has done well internationally uh one because golf i think is it had does have a certain following but also just because of just the the um the concept of the movie right yeah. which is basically that his his weakness the main character's weakness is that he just can't help himself he just always goes for, go it. for it yeah you gotta go for it and so yeah the penultimate scene is you know if you got a chance to win a chance to win a major and you know, you have to take a crazy shot, huge risk, a chance to win it, or do you lay up and and, and you just go for, go for second place, go guaranteed. safe, and you accept, nice you safe. guarantee second yeah. place, or do you go do you for do? it and try to yeah. win? What do you do? Yeah. So most people would take second place. <laughs> you know, risk everything and go for yeah. it. I don't. Know, I'm a, I'm a go for it guy, man. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a. You know what? Yeah, you play a solid game. You put yourself in a position to win. But when you got a chance, man, you 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 go for it. Yeah. And if you lose, I don't know. You go for it twelve times. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> But, but I actually appreciate that. But there is something about that, right? Because, you know, you know whether it's making our mouse model, it took, you know, we failed on that four or five times. We kept doing it. You learn stuff. Yep. He did, Costner's camera really doesn't learn anything in that, in that movie. But, um, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, you got to go for it. I don't know. I always think these try to tie into FSHD. But, but the podcast, you know, if you build it, they'll come. That actually just happened to be on the other night. Um, I like it better than The Natural. You know The Natural? Mm -mm. No? Mm -mm. Robert Redford? Nope, but I like yeah. Robert Redford. 
Oh, yeah. Seven Days of the Condor. Oh, you actually know that one? Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. Oh, okay. That's one that yeah. doesn't, have, doesn't get a lot of play. It's not sports. <laughs> that's a good movie. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Um, anyway, so it's uh, uh, he's, he's a writer in that, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess that's why you like it. Okay. No, maybe. Yeah. I saw it when I was, uh, By the yeah. way, how's, how's your book doing? Oh, it's doing great, except for one week where Facebook uh, was having trouble with their website so or this ads is, or something. I don't know. I lost somebody one week. But other than that, it's been doing This been is CRISPR well. Evolution by uh, Carice Jones, um, <laughs> which, you know, again, and she's a real a real CRISPR uh, scientist and a real yeah. author, evidently. Yeah, I tried to. But you, like, won an award and stuff on this, right? Yeah, it's getting um, um, some acclaim and contests I've entered and okay. great editorial reviews. So, yeah. Going, no, going it's getting fantastic well. editorial reviews. Yeah. Actually, unbelievable. Almost as if... Um, you know, uh, <laughs> some of these writing them. No, actually, no. She's got their legit reviews from legit content. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's actually it's actually amazing. Yeah, otherwise no, you're throwing your money away. Nah, it's a really good thing. We're gonna try to get her an audiobook version of it, though, for those of you that um. Yeah, I'll know. need to crowdsource a fundraise for that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's looking for volunteers to play the roles, though. We're gonna self audio, self publish the audiobook. Uh, I'd like to see a radio show. That'd be great, old time radio show. Oh, just kind of read it like War of the Worlds yeah. or something like that. You know, just uh, that would be fun. We could produce that on a dime. I don't know. Maybe we could get AI to give us Paul Harvey or something yeah. like yeah. that. So yeah, he died, you know, two, yeah. ten yeah. years ago. But but we can still have him narrate your book. Paul Harvey is Howard. I like it. <laughs> Nothing faces that's him. The rest of good the day. Story. <laughs> anyway, right. maybe too much fun. So so the point is that okay. So I've been kind of the podcast hasn't been around for a while. You know, I built the podcast with the idea of let's actually provide some real information to people out there that might actually want real information, not just a bunch of fluff. Um, we don't raise money. We're not asking anybody for money. Um, we, you know, we do have the, you know, we wear multiple hats. I do point out that, um, you know, we do have a, a company, Renogenics, that um, we do. But um, that this show is not about that in any way. It's just I always do that as a disclaimer so people are, it's clear that we do have, um, I guess you could call it a potential conflict of interest, but and we we are really full time FSHD researchers that have been doing this. Um, God, I've been doing this twenty plus years, and you've been doing it. Uh, God, man, it's like minus seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's about thirteen years now, isn't it? Uh, for FSHD, yeah, 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 for FSHD, yeah. So you know, we're just kind of tell you, you know, our take on it as scientists, as researchers, our take on the science, our take on the field, um. Um, foundations, um, clinical trials, therapeutic development, diagnostics, just everything. We just thought, you know, hey, you know, wouldn't this be great, you know? And, you know, and I know you're quite privy to some of, you know, I've just been getting hammered lately by by some uh, uh, some people who, who, who think the podcast should be... Um, what am I, I don't know what the proper term is. Um, Watered down? Boring as hell. Dumb as a post. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, so, you know, it's just like, so So some of the advice, just so you know, and, and just just I can tell you right off the bat, I'm not great at taking advice. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, want him to do something, suggest the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, I'll what do, do you whatever you say. What are you talking about? Make <laughs> no. the podcast no. more inflammatory. No, but, you know, I'm, well, I will say that, remember, you know, Andy Belmont? He yeah. was my chair of the department in Illinois yeah, when they yeah. threw me out of Illinois. Um, you know, an odd thing for Andy to say, because he knew that we were going to be successful after getting thrown out. And it was an embarrassment to the university and department that they, they threw us out for tenure and kept us some bozos. Um, um, source advice, I'm not supposed to call anyone bozos, but um, anyway, I just it can't be help taken it. wrong. I, I, I thought I was actually trying to be polite. Yeah, <laughs> I really should have said, but Andy said, Andy said, you know, the, he told me, he said, you know, the only reason you, 
reason you're successful is you ignored all the advice the senior faculty gave you. <laughs> all my senior faculty mentors gave me all this advice, one of which, um, I guess one, I mean, actually a theme was don't work on FSHD. It yeah. was new. I was new At to the time. The, yeah. Small if, you, field and... if you work on FSHD, you will not get tenure. You'll get thrown. And they were right. I didn't get tenure because I worked on FSH. I changed my lab. Well, you changed fields, really. Totally changed At fields. The worst possible time for yeah. an assistant professor. Right. And so, you know, tenure in the academic system is set up, um, in my mind, for mediocrity, right? It's just basically you take your postdoc project, you just chunk it along and and, you know, innovation is, is risky, so they don't want you to be too innovative. They and don't you want to know people in the field, right? Oh, you got to be a nasty and nobody knows up, you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and that works. Unfortunately, it works. Um, and it works for a lot of our friends. Um, and uh, so it's, uh, it's just set up, you know, so I, you know, I did, did sort of the, the, you know, again, the field of dreams type of thing, you know, sort of the, the it just sounded right when Ryan introduced me to FSHD research and there's a mo new model disease for epigenetics and all the things I wanted to do. And I just saw so much potential there. I thought, God, I'm going to work on it. Everyone said, don't do it. Don't do it. I did it anyway. Got thrown out of Illinois. And it's the best thing that ever happened. To me. Well, not, actually, that's not the best thing. The best thing that happened to me professionally. Really, <laughs> over that. Okay. But, you know, so you get thrown out. So you take risks. Yeah. You know, also, it's not, you know, you swing for the fences, you go for it. Sometimes yeah. you set yourself up for success. And, you know, are you going to, you know, go go for it or, or play it safe? You know, my friends have played it safe uh, back at Illinois. I'm sure they're doing fine. But um, actually, I think only one of them's got a functioning lab right now, <laughs> you know, actually, because, you know, and, and, and a butterfly collector and all that's fine. You know, they're but that's just it's just it's just a system to set. So so I've gotten a lot of advice on how to how to make the podcast better for you guys all. Um, one of them is um, eliminate all of this kind of conversation. Just <laughs> straight into the science. Okay, no backstories. Don't want any backstories. No personal stories. Um, basically, uh, no, um, uh, not just, I don't know, it sounds like a, a lecture on science. You know, just, just the facts, ma'am. Something, something along the lines of this. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression, passed the, anyone, anyone, the tariff bill, the Hawley-Smoot Tariff Act, which anyone raised or lowered, raised tariffs in an effort to collect more revenue for the federal government. Did it work? Anyone? Anyone know the effects? All right. So you know where you, you got to know where that one's from, right? Uh, no, but I know of the Holly Smoot, thanks to Dave Barry's history of the United States. <laughs> so actually, you know, you know, the actual history, <laughs> the, the government from history. Dave Barry. <laughs> that, that's I learned a lot more when I was a kid from Dave it's Barry. Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Oh, yeah, yeah. The voice. Of course. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. And I, I thought I, you meant a movie. Honestly, well, it is a movie. That I don't know. Seriously? Sorry. You ever hear of you need um, a more educated guest ferris bueller's day off oh yeah ferris bueller's day off bueller that's a great bueller. movie well, that's, you know, i forgot weird. that scene well i was actually going for ben stein from wonder years because i wanted to go with i think what people want me to go with something like the solar system is made up of nine planets you know just you know just basically just the facts ma'am whatever no no stories no nothing just give them the you know facts. that's not really the point of a podcast I would well, say no, that's the point of lectures. Well, no, which are, but lectures can be podcast. Anyway, you know, I'm not being crazy. I do appreciate the efforts, but I got to tell you, you know, I started thinking, and I did actually get hammered for a lot of my content because, you know, people have said that 
too controversial. I've had some colleagues actually threaten to um, stop working with me because it would be too toxic to be associated with someone like me. So we're not kidding when I say I'm destroying my career. Um, <laughs> it's just, but too toxic to be associated with me as if other people, you know, because um, they need to work with um, some people that I'm critical of. Um, you know what? People that are dishonest and uh, are bad citizens in the field, I actually don't work with. So I guess I don't have that problem that I have to worry about being critical of people that I need to work with because I don't work with people that are basically not similarly aligned with us um, on doing everything you can to cure FSHD. Yeah. Right. So, yes, I'm critical of people who get in the way. I'm critical of people who are dishonest. You know, I always say you lie, cheat and steal because it works. Sure, it works in this field. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, but if you don't, no one stands up to them, it's never going to get fixed. Yep, that's right? right. So you got two choices. You can uh, <laughs> you say, well, you know, suck it up and just still working with these people because they could damage your career. Right. In fact, actually, that was an, uh, an interesting piece of advice I was going to say. I should think about the podcast and say, for everything that I say, will this help me or could this hurt me now or at any point in the future? Or and another piece of advice I was given was, when I say something, will this help raise money or will this make it more difficult to raise uh, money? But we're not trying to raise money. We're, not, we're just trying to educate people. I, honestly, I believe that if a well-educated group will will actually be more than happy to make donations. They'll just make them wisely to foundations and projects and research centers that, that are making an impact and a difference. So yeah. actually, you know, so I guess I would ask those questions and say, you know, is this good for me or bad for me? Well, I look at it as, um, you know, what, what is me? I'm like um, the field. Yeah. Is it good for the field or right. bad for the field? Right. And, you know, some of the dirty, yeah, you know, dirty laundry, I guess, that we put out there. And that's just the story of how we got here. You guys ask, why is it taking so it's long? It's educational. Why, why tell people why I say it's so <laughs> yeah. long? But, but it made me think of a story. So I'm going to immediately go off the track again and tell, and, and you may, you may know the story, but um, about, uh, and it's funny because this is what it made me think of when I was, I've been mulling this over for the past few weeks and this kept coming up and it was about my, um, my, my fifth grade girlfriend. Okay, my fifth grade. We'll, we'll call her Natasha we'll because her I won't use her, her real name. We'll call her <laughs> Natasha, which which was a name, um, but that's not her her her, her, her formal name. I guess we'll say anyway, her stage no, name. No, but uh, you know, in fifth fifth grade, um, you know, we were. She informed me we were dating, you know, or whatever. As girls do. And as as girls do. So you know, we dated until sixth grade, when someone um cooler showed up at school, and then she informed me we were no <laughs> longer dating. <laughs> <laughs> As girls still do. It's just, it never changed. And, um, but, you know, the reason it made me think of it is, you know, after after high school, um, when she was 18, now, now, now I got to tell you, first off, quite, quite, uh, uh, I would say as a fifth, speaking as a fifth grader. <laughs> I hope so, or else you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> she was quite, quite attractive, quite, very smart, very attractive. And um and and just had trouble written all over. Oh yeah, you know, I think literally, <laughs> it's just been actually written in spots, and, and she didn't mind showing. Um and so you know, but when she turned eighteen, she decided to uh, take her talents professional. Okay, and she got a job at uh, this this uh, showgirl dance place in Toledo, Ohio, called um, Deja Vu. And um. Deja Vu's, their little, their, their stick, or, you know, their little motto was 47 beautiful women and three ugly ones. 
<laughs> right that, that that was like billboards around town come to deja vu showgirl review you know and my my fifth grade you know, I, I never won i got first i'll tell you i never won but um i just couldn't bear the thought of it actually you know it's it's it just it just was kind of a strange thing for me it just i don't know it, you know it's, and anyway we actually were friends from kindergarten all the way up through um high school and then we saw her again at um 10-year reunion um she, she's actually doing great and I really, I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for. Her. But what made me, the reason it made me think of it is, you know, it's not like they say, here's the 47 beautiful women and here's the three ugly women. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Just, well, that's exactly right. They're, they're just all the same. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's ugly. Everybody's different on the inside, too. You know, I mean, there's a lot, you know, but, but you know, it, it, it is. There's something for everybody. Not everything is for everybody. Everything doesn't have to be for everybody. And you know what? And if you think the whole idea is just horrible and horrified by it and some people, you don't even have to go, right? If you really hate the podcast, you don't have to listen. That's no right. one, this, ain't, this ain't an assignment. You're not going to school unless you work for one of these foundations that pays you to listen yeah. to the podcast. And then there's a quiz afterwards. That's right. You're getting a lot for that $2 million payroll <laughs> or not. Um, but, you know, but I mean, the thing is, is it does not, you know, and so if there's something for you that you like, that's great. And if there's not, turn it off, speed ahead, whatever. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, but you know what it is. It's just me yapping my opinions. Yep. I'm not speaking for any company. I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm not speaking for UNR. I'm not speaking for Enogenics. I'm not speaking for you or, or any other. I'm just, this is my, my stick. And when you speak, you speak for yourself and, yep. and you like it, you don't like it, whatever. But, you know. Uh, and you don't like it? What do we say? We say pound sand. <laughs> Go pound sand. Now that like is an anachronism. <laughs> well, I like it. My Miami Mike has got me on. Uh, my dating, friend, uh, dating one, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Go, pound, Go sand. pound sand. Yeah, it's a great phrase. You know, um, but I tell you, you know, I was really not. And but it also, you know, something came up about the fact I got an email from um, uh, a friend uh, this week, and uh, she told me that her husband um, Sal Sophia uh, died. Mm. And uh, she sent me the email and, you know, Sal was a good friend of mine. Uh, we and she mentioned she said he would just love the podcast. And he's he was a central Florida FSHD -er. Um I talked to him. I don't know about yeah, about every few months. I was really I hadn't heard from him in a while unless I heard from him. He wasn't doing too well. Um, but he actually passed on. And it actually really struck me hard because it made me realize that, you know, there's, you know, again, there's people that, you know, we, we didn't get it done in time for him yeah you know i'm not exactly sure what the details are of it um i just you know i'm sad because we never really got together he had always wanted to raise some money for um the lab he wanted to raise money he had always had great ideas that were always shut down because you know foundations um have these very rigid rules on how you're gonna raise money and so that's one of the reasons he reached out to me and said well just screw it man we'll just do it our own way mm. um but he just he just was having to. so so anyway but it was striking because i've got a number of emails and i can't tell you guys enough how much um we all appreciate yeah yeah we get, um, we get really nice emails all the time and it's, it really it's it's heartening it's, it's really encouraging because it's really you get you, you can get it makes down. you feel like it's it's really worth it you know yeah i mean we're, we're doing our best we're busting our asses yeah. and man people just find this little shit to pick at and you know yeah you wouldn't believe something like yeah, anyway, so but it's always the minority. I feel like you know most people actually really appreciate it. Really, no, I know, get I something know, out. I know, of it. but it's like a Yelp review. It's sort of like people are more apt to say something negative and say, "Yeah, oh, this hard place to find sucks. parking." One star. Yeah, one star. The food was great, but you know packaging. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, people just like you know. So it's much much easier, and maybe, 
anyway, so I really appreciate any time we hear something positive from you. But it really does actually, because, you know, just thinking, you know, is there a point in doing the podcast? I mean, I, do I have, I'm, I'm just not going to do a vanilla, boring as hell There's just no point. podcast. And, you know, we've been yapping now for 20 minutes. The other thing people, that's ah, too long. Again, it's not an assignment. <laughs> I, mean, I just <laughs> imagine people kind of washing their cars, doing some gardening, you know, baking cookies while they kind of just have us on and, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's supposed to be just casual and it's supposed to be a conversation if you want. Um, honestly, the FSHD science is so complex and so complicated, you guys all know. Um, this is not the best way to really, uh, you know, get all, absorb all of that information. You know, all, all the information's online, it's on the MyFSHD website. There's there's other ways you can you can get that information. This, this is a, a little bit about that, but more it's about extracurricular, what goes on behind the scenes, how science is done, how it's done well and how it's done okay. badly and, so, and the people involved. Interesting that you bring that up because I'm really on a movie roll this time. So you, have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Of course. Okay, you do know <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. Who is the villain in The Wizard of Oz? If The Wizard of Oz was the FSHD field, who's the villain? The Wizard of Oz was the FSHD field. Who is if the Oz villain? was the field of the world of uh, who's the villain? Boy. Oh, you're going to get wrong because there's a right answer here. No. Uh, no, she's well, she's really, remember. really struggling with this I, one. See, even. Dorothy wanted all these things for her friends, and so they went and demanded them of the wizard. And he said, go and kill the Wicked Witch of the West, right? And then I'll give you those things. So do my dirty work for me and I'll give you what you want. I don't know. It's not full of a uh, great, you know. There's not a whole lot of saints. great characters yeah. in there, actually. That's <laughs> no. exactly right. There aren't very many it's, good characters It's really characters kind of a, a political mess. But who would be viewed it? But, but, but the movie is a very fluffy, feel-good movie. But if you really look into it, I look at it as, see, who do I associate? Who do I view myself as? Probably the Wicked Witch of the West. Me as the Wicked Witch of the West? Well, she wasn't doing anything wrong. She had flying monkeys, you know, probably genetic well, experiments. Well, that's right. She had the, she had Project Flying Monkey. Yeah. and no, Right, which is very glossy. You go really to the website and they're raising money for Project I, Flying Monkey. And all she she's was, doing she was is hurting just, anyone, and, except yeah, that people kept just, trying to kill her and throw she's water just, on She's her. just trying to um, hire more flying monkeys, <laughs> you know, and just doing everything. You get more and more flying monkeys, yeah. and evidently you win. optimize them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, no, no, no. Yeah, the Wicked Witch is not the bad guy. No, oh. she's you know, and of course, um. So I, I view as um, the villain is Toto. Toto, huh? What did he do? Toto pulled back the curtain and showed everybody the whole oh, thing was a right, freaking farce. <laughs> the wizard was fake. The whole thing was BS. And they're all getting conned. So you're Toto. I'm Toto. And everyone <laughs> gets mad at Toto because they like the wizard. They like the big the That's guy right. that stands up Some there and says. Some people rather have the illusion. Just yeah. promises you everything. Oh, yeah. you go do this. Gives yeah. you a task you couldn't possibly do. That's promises right. you something. They have no He'll intention. Look at your ruby slippers of two, the, year, two years. The wizard The wizard had no intention of keeping any of those promises. Because he could sign. He said there's just. He knew just it couldn't using, be done. He was using them. So that he could. But living high on the hog. Pulling in a big ass salary. <laughs> Um, had all these little munchkins running around doing his dirty work, yeah, flying minions. around the country, just having yeah. a good old time, you know. And it turned out he's just a, just, just a, a deputy dog with a freaking uh, <laughs> microphone, you know, and a and a and a fancy website, That's you know. Right. So Toto pulled back. Toto's the villain. That's what occurred to me. I mean, that's why people are mad at me because. Because you know what, they told, no one wants no one wants to know the dirt of what's going on. Well, some people do. Well, some people do. Yeah. I know. I know. I like if, if really nobody did, there would be no point in this. Well, and then the point is by exposing it, 
fixed everything. Everyone got what they wanted when they finally realized that what they were dealing with. Yeah. So actually, instead of going on with the charade, she'd still be in freaking uh, La La Land. Yeah, that's true. You know, running for her life. You know, and all sleeping the, among the poppies. The munchkins would all still be slaves. <laughs> the flying monkeys, boy, you know, <laughs> they just. <laughs> I guess you just keep hiring more flying monkeys. You well, she engineers the, them. Yeah, the flying rolls. <laughs> you know, just fly the flies and whatever you call. Anyway, so um, so. Yeah, because it kind of gets to what you're thinking, you know, pulling back the scene, you know, because at some point, you know, you just got to kind of get in behind the scenes because there's a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Out there. The first thing scientifically I want to talk about is some misinformation that's out there. Okay. So our good buddy Chip Wilson was on um, a podcast, I guess. Uh, didn't, didn't hear it, but I, he was evidently on this podcast. And he uh, talking, he should, I guess he shouldn't have been delving into science with someone who doesn't understand science. You know, stay in your lane, pal. <laughs> stick, to, <laughs> stick to fundraising. Um, it's, uh, and he said that he is getting stem cell treatments for his FSHD. Right. Okay. And he evidently said that he's, he is actually getting stem cell treatments and he thinks that he's building muscle mass. And, but he doesn't know that he's getting any stronger. Yeah. He just kind of put that out there. Now, it's not just anybody putting it out there. Yeah. He's kind of maybe the one of the most famous FSHD patients in the world. Yeah. A guy who can pretty much afford anything he wants, and this is what he's choosing to do. Right. Um, and so there was a Facebook post um by a friend of mine who says, Did anyone listen to Chip Wilson on FSHD Society? He um reported getting stem cell treatment increasing muscle mass with uh, Dr. Day out of Stanford. He said they don't know yet if, in fact, increased the strength. Um, what is this study they're doing? Can millionaires just try any treatments they please? Okay. Um, so there's a lot of things to kind of tackle in that post. It all brings up all the problems with uh, non people who don't understand what they're doing, injecting themselves and then being interviewed by people who don't understand what they're talking about and then putting it out there. Yeah. It actually is almost like complete validation on why we need an actual real informative scientific podcast by people that can explain the science and actually understand the science. Yep, and prevent the misinformation. Okay. Now I, I know that Chip came to us and he said, Hey, well, boy, he's, he wanted to do stem cell injections. We've talked about this before, but give us a recap on your opinion of that. Not you personally on this, but the general concept. Um, what, what are they talking about? This is umbilical cord stem cells getting injected. Yeah, into... stem cells usually from placenta, you know, and, um, uh, in, you know, <laughs> injecting them into, in, oh, sorry, I was thinking exosomes from placenta. No, these are umbilical cord umbilical stem cells. Sort of, yeah, stem cells, right. So right. they're not his. They're right. not they're Heterologous kind of stem random cells. stem cells. Yeah, and uh, inject them into your muscle and... Uh, you know, these stem cells tend to produce a lot of growth factors, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, things that are really good for regeneration, for growth, muscle growth. And uh, and so and anti-inflammatories, you know, wonderful. And um, and, uh, you know, I would think that initially you would see you, you would feel a little bit better. It would be kind of like taking a cortisone shot. Well, first off, where, you know, so you inject these stem cells. Where do they go? And they pretty much stay where you injected. They don't like go floating throughout your body. It's not like taking a cortisone yeah. shot's actually going to go oh, throughout right. a yeah. whole area. Oh, that's right. It's very local. The, the 
you can eat a whole bunch of injections. Yeah. Now, uh, engraftment, you say, well, what do these stem cells do? So, because chip says, evidently, chip says his muscle's getting bigger. So yeah, I, well, the engraftment rates from what we know in the literature are extremely low, much too low to... I can't even imagine these, these wouldn't even... things that are going to, you know, become part of your uh, your muscle niche, you know. They're... But they don't even, <laughs> you know, I think there's a misunderstanding. They don't even build these as building muscle or actually engrafting. No, they're really just they supposedly little there. little machines yeah. that are just cranking out growth In that factors, way, they're not supposedly. much different than exosomes in a way. They're delivery vehicles, essentially, okay. for, for anti-inflammatories and growth factors, which sounds great, doesn't it? You know, Although you can do things. it without stem cells. So, but so, you can okay. do it without, without so, stem cells. So, That's right. So the implication in this post is they think it's being done at Stanford. I guarantee you it's not being yeah, done at Stanford. No, that's, there's, there's no way. So that's that's a huge um, a huge miss this uh, communication. There's no FDA approved. There's no clinical trial nope. that I'm aware of nope. where you're able to do this, that this is... They may be getting MRI done there. I don't know, but... Uh, right, so it's possible. It now, we actually don't know the specifics of it. You can say, oh, well, you talk about something you don't know about. We're talking about just the concept of stem cells. So, yeah. so our understanding, because people have been doing this, I know people with FSHD that did this uh, 15 years ago. You can actually look online and see people that have done this. You can fly to China and get these umbilical cord stem cells. You can go to Mexico, you can go to Caribbean. Um, and this is stem cells for your muscular dystrophy, which is different than the stem cell clinics that are injecting like to fix a pulled hamstring or right, to fix right. your arthritis or so, to fix your knee. Right? So remember, FSHD is caused by, you know, uh, epigenetic dysregulation of the duct spore locus. So dominant um, gain of function so Dominant gain of function. You have all your muscle cells are poised. They're not all expressing duct spore at any given time. Only a very small percentage are, but they're all poised for duct spore expression at any given time. And so in a way, they're all genetically um, uh, defective. And um, so the idea of... <laughs> you know, a local stem cell injection providing any long-term benefit uh, is just, yeah, I think it's, I think it's crazy. I don't think there's any chance at all. So that's part one. That's kind of the science behind it, right? So you say, but still, maybe some short-term benefit people feel, but also um, I'm just going to put this out there and say, hypothetically, does anyone know what's actually in this mixture that gets injected? Is, is there a possibility? Again, this is not FDA regulated. Right. And it's the same this problem is, with exosome clinics. The, the, you don't know not, the provenance. You don't know. But the, I the actually, there's a there's a guy that runs an exosome clinic that uh, I I know you might see, um you know I've, I've been told that I really and probably it is actually good advice not to put use too many names when I don't have to. Yeah, you, um, you really but, want to live to but, see tomorrow. <laughs> I, I have been warned about. Yes, I, I've been warned. Actually, literally warned too. Yes, for my own safety. Yeah, that's not an exaggeration. Um, but okay, so there's um. I asked a guy that runs an exosome clinic what exactly is in his injection, and he just not they don't, they don't know about it. Yeah. They don't really know. Good stuff. Yeah, bunch of good stuff. I imagine the stem cell people say stem cells, and is there anything else? Are they pure stem cells? Could there be anything else in there that could? Because actually, if you're now in China or Mexico, or, or and I'm not knocking those countries at all. I'm just saying potentially. Places that are maybe less around regu the regulations, looser around the regulations. You go to Korea right. or something like that. Places that have things looser don't have to regulations. Be fully characterized in order to, to get you know things. in order to get this. Uh, is it possible? There's other you know you could actually if you were if you were um, a little devious and you had you had a big fish on the hook there with a big checkbook, you could mix something in there that sure would have a potential temporary beneficial effect you wouldn't even have to necessarily yeah. put in stem cells you yeah, could absolutely. You know, man what if you threw in some steroids or yeah, something or some like EPO. That? yeah <laughs> or some EPO, yeah 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. basically the, the list of things that are banned by the U.S. Olympic Committee. <laughs> pump them on in and say, hey, look, hey, you're feeling better, because that's actually all you need to know. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So, so I don't know that, and again, just to be clear, I don't know that any of this is, be, is in the, we don't, no one knows what's actually in this, and they can't really tell you. But I'm just thinking conceptually, and again, this is, you know, I hate to be Toto again. Actually, I love being Toto. <laughs> you know, yep, yep. Bang for your buck, actually, Toto. You know, I mean, actually, probably lowest paid and highest impact player in the thing. You know, yeah. just like us. <laughs> you know, just, he was free. You know, <laughs> save the big money for the bozos. All right. Um, so, you know, the thing is, you know, I'm thinking, okay, if this is real, if this is a real therapy for muscular dystrophy. Oh, there'd be clinics all what, over the place what, here, totally regulated, FDA-approved clinics. I mean, how making would the, a lot mar of money. the market for <laughs> yeah. this in the it's U.S. Huge. and the amount of money yeah. you could make if you just were legit in the U.S.? Right. This is huge. So so what's what's the game? What are they basically saying? They're saying, oh, well, you know, you know, the FDA is too rough or the FDA, you know, I mean, so it takes too long to go through the FDA. But, I mean, it's like if this is really legit, I mean... I'm just very concerned. Uh, you know, the FDA is getting better at the, you know, they're, they're concerned about safety and they're also concerned about charlatans. Yeah. You know, um, you know, so, you know, making sure that things that get to you are scientifically validated yeah. is what they're really doing. Right. Now, unless it's the COVID vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot of money. There was a lot of money to be made there. Depends on the amount. Yeah, I don't know what island Fauci <laughs> bought, but I'm pretty sure it's one of the Hawaiian <laughs> islands that he bought with his Hawaiian kickback um, from COVID. Um, but, <laughs> but I digress. In general, the FDA is really interested in safety. Um, and they generally, there's always an exception. Um, so I just got to think, how can this not be done, right? So again, I'm, I'm not sure how um, John Day's name got pushed yeah, into this, but I do bad. know that you can get an MRI. Yep. And, you know, I do know um, Dr. Day very well, um, pretty well, I guess I say. I think he's an outstanding FSHD neurologist yeah. at Stanford. And I honestly can't imagine... Um, I don't I don't know. Maybe I should just ask him if he's actually doing this or supporting it. But this is not an, a, a treatment that in the United States, that even if you're a billionaire, that you can get in the U.S. in an FDA-approved thing right, right now. Right. You have to go outside now, the country. We did talk about this a few years ago when this came up. Yep. And Chip came to me mm -hmm. and said, hey, I've, you know, because I told him, I said, I have some friends that have done this. Do you want to talk to these guys? I set them up and, to talk to people that had done this stuff. And I said, and our idea was, why not just go ahead then and have a clinical trial in the U.S.? That would be a good use of yeah. solve FSHD money. Yep. If there's if this is a legit potential therapy for FSHD, then there should be a trial. Then have a legit clinical trial. Do MRI before and after. Really measure. Don't, don't just ask people if they're feeling better. Yeah. Because that's all you get. Oh, I'm feeling great. Well, yeah. you know, maybe I gave them a, you know, so just, you know, you know, hypnotize them. I don't know. I mean, you never know what's going to make someone claim they feel better. You know what? You know what makes you feel better? placebo makes you feel better yeah you want to feel good if you're a duchenne kid get into a trial and get placebo and you can walk faster you can walk further you do great on that placebo yep. because you know what people the question is long term how do you feel yeah and then you crash yeah which oddly enough is exactly what happens with these two yeah. so so i don't know if they're being monitored it sounds like they're being monitored he said his muscles are getting bigger maybe they're being monitored by mri before and after they're letting them go down um and you can pay for that but the question is you know is it just is this a case of where there are therapies in the U.S. for wealthy people with FSHD that are not available to people that are not. The answer no. is no. <laughs> that is not the case. Yeah. You you know if you got a lot of money, you know, you can do whatever. Honestly, um, I you were crying when 
Chip was saying he was going to do this. Yeah, it was really, uh, really sad. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, the no, downside. We really worried about him. Yeah. Still, I mean, still we, are. Yeah, I'm worried about him too. But I'll tell you something. You know what? I would not allow him in my clinical trial. If I, if I have a company, which I do, um, and I'm running a clinical trial for FSHD therapeutics, I got no idea what the hell has been injected into yeah. him. You got exosomes, you got stem cells. I don't know. Maybe they're there for 10 years. Maybe they're there for yeah, 10 minutes. Right. I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. I got no idea what's going on. Yeah. But to me, that would be an exclusion. That's a confounding factor. Yeah, that would be exclusion, exclusion yep. criteria for me for a clinical yep. trial and yep. say, no way. Would I let someone, not not because it's just anybody, no, right? it's just People, confounding factors that uh, ruin your ability to, to interpret the results of the trial. Well, yeah. so, so you know, you have, you have some, it's just, it's just like with anything, right? If you have a subset of people that are on a treatment X, whatever the treatment is, and then they go into another clinical trial, yep. you know, you have to go through five half-lives of washout of the drug, yeah. whatever, or the, or the molecule or the therapeutic. Yep. I have no idea what the yeah, washout. But it all depends this. on what the drug does. If it's something that institutes some kind of, you know, permanent, uh, say, epigenetic effect in your cells, you know, it's not going to get washed out, and uh, it confounds the well, that, the results of the current trial. You would have to. I would have to have the information to know at what point are these things gone and clearly gone, and you've gone back, you know, before you actually go in. So anyway, so for so so then answer to the question about and you know these are questions that should have been brought should have just been thrown out. You know, I understand. You know, I don't. And anyway, I don't. I don't think Chip was doing anything malicious by any stretch of oh, the imagination. No, no. I think he's just talking. Say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I know people are desperate, and we understand the desperation. And, and you know, I mean, he does have the ability to get do something with the, the, the that big a checkbook, but that doesn't mean you're making smart decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, in fact, it may be. An, in fact, I think it, it makes you a bigger. Well, it's a bigger target for a bigger target for people for... who are looking to cash in on uh, unscrupulous treatments and methods. That's right. That's yeah. a, and that's exactly what I think it is. It's sort of like these are special for you, yeah. you know. Um, but I know people that are not that well. I mean, I know a guy that actually. It sounds like he spent a fair amount of his um, savings going to China and getting this done. And, uh, you know, I'm not as even sadder. Well, it's just people you know, bankrupt. Themselves. But again, people are desperate. And we know you're desperate. And we're doing our best to try to bring you a real therapeutics. Yeah. Not not some, you know, and, uh, you know, if the, I don't know, if the stem yeah. cell guys end up on my doorstep to break my knees. Like, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. You know, we, we, hey, we, we speak generally. Some. I think it's, you know, we're not saying anything that hasn't been said in the literature. You know, there have been reviews on this. People, um, scientists, very upset about it. Um, especially as regards exosomes and unregulated clinics that have sprouted up, you know, all over the place. Well, um, someone died, right? People yeah, died, no, people know? in Nebraska died of sepsis because of, you know, treatments of exosomes that, that weren't properly so, so just so people are clear, we're talking about two different, there's stem cells, which are actual cell, they are, they are cells that are present in, well, in placenta or in umbilical cords. And these are actual human cells, but they're not yours, right. that uh, could become any type of cell. They make a lot of growth factors. That is one treatment. Another treatment is exosomes, which is kind of a similar type of thing. But what that is, is these are the factors that are secreted possibly by some, by stem cells. So just giving you the purified factors instead of the cells themselves. Now, that has a benefit of the idea that you're not actually injecting cells. You're still injecting delivery vehicles full of stuff. <laughs> if you're injecting anything at all. If you're injecting anything at all, other than, yeah, corticosteroids or whatever. Who knows? Who knows? That's the, nobody that's the point. Knows. It's unregulated and no one knows what it really is. But people feel good because, you, but you know what? When you go to therapy, you know, when you go to clinic, people, people feel good when they're getting the treatment that they expect to make them feel good. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. You ever see... Um, Psychology is powerful. Oh, what was it? 51st Dates? Yeah. 
You like fish? Oh and yeah, beer? I actually do. You know, I'm from Hawaii, and people will people say that that is completely not authentic to Hawaiian culture. I thought it was pretty close. It's pretty close to Hawaiian. Come on, you got spam. I lived the there until place. I was 18. Like, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was it was pretty good. But it makes me think. Remember, um, he's got he's he's given his mark. You know, in the very beginning, he's got that woman that he's gonna try to score yeah. with, and he's the secret agent. He gives her that giant drink that actually has no alcohol in it, and she's getting drunk she's as getting hell. Drunk. That's right. Because she wants to be drunk and she wants that's to then right. have a good time that's and right. totally let loose. When yeah. actually, because that's what she, you know. Yeah, you know, your mind, your mind is—it's a powerful thing. Is temporarily therapeutic. And just to be clear, <laughs> we're not saying anything against stem cells or exosomes. As you know, I mean, stem cells. There, are, there are certain indications that, that it's been proven to work certain very indications. well. Certain indications, and they're FDA approved, and they work, and that's great. You know, and uh, exosomes. You know, there's a lot of promise, a, a lot of potential. Um, oh, biomarkers, delivery vehicles. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of therapeutic the, potential. Yeah, yeah. It's just that the exosomes are just beginning to be characterized. They're just starting to to, to be understood. And well, I'm telling you, I, I mean, and it's it's not ready for. <laughs> these are not ready for FSHD. You know, if if they will ever be useful well, if, for FSHD. Again, you could have a clinical trial. You could actually figure this stuff out, and none of these guys want to do it because they're they're. They're making a pile of money. Yeah, off of and the preclinical lives. studies. I mean, one of the the major problems is what do these things do long term? Yeah. Um, and nobody knows. And you nobody knows. People. You know, things that provide immune tolerance and uh, you know prevent inflammation, they can enable the development of early stage tumors. Yep. You know, that would be a bad thing. All right, so I did a little digging and just checked out. So just because you know the last thing in the world we want to do is um, spread anything that's misinformation or anything. So. Um, I did actually inquire uh, with Dr. Day at Stanford. And now you got to remember, of course, there's this is not in relation to any particular patient or individual uh, because, you know, there's a privacy concern. So just just in general, um, what he said is that Stanford is not participating in any clinical studies of stem cells and muscular dystrophies at this time, though it is an area of interest and possible future exploration. Okay. And that's exactly what I expect because, you know, they are actually, you know, they have some of the best, you know, stem cell biologists in the world um, at Stanford and some others up uh, north uh, at uh, UCSF and you know, California, which is very pro stem cell work. But um, so I, <laughs> I wouldn't expect them to, to um, just, you know, uh, dive in um, without a concerted, uh, very uh, carefully designed, properly regulated effort on, on anything. So, so that's the that's the you know statement. So they are not doing um, any clinical studies of stem cells and muscular dystrophies. So that that is clear on anybody. Okay, that's just clear. I also went on and decided, let's see what's online. You know, something y'all can do. So I just you know that's what I always tell my mom to do. I just googled, does the uh, FDA have any? Um, uh, approved stem cell therapies. And I get the Center for Disease Control website, cdc.gov. And there's a page that says stem cell and exosome products warning about unapproved therapies. Okay. And I'm just going to read you directly from uh, this uh, website. Okay. It says, while all medical treatments have benefits and risks, unapproved stem cells and exosome products expose patients to potential risks without a clear benefit. These products may have the potential to treat many medical conditions and diseases, but further research is needed to know whether the products have any benefit or whether they are safe to use. Be sure to get all of the facts if you are considering any stem cell treatment. 
and it says you should read the FDA's warning about stem cell therapies. And there's a link you can click on and go right to the FDA and read about the warning. Maybe we'll do that in a second. Okay, then it says, currently, the only stem cell treatments approved by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, are products that treat certain cancers and disorders of the blood and immune system. If the products are being used for arthritis, injury-related pain, chronic joint pain, anti-aging, or other health issues, they have not been approved by FDA and are being marketed illegally. The FDA has not approved any exosome products for any uses. Okay. The FDA regulates stem cell and exosome products in the United States. Some clinics may falsely advertise that it is not necessary for FDA to review and approve their stem cell therapies. They may claim that their registration with FDA or an FDA inspection equates to FDA approval or a form of FDA endorsement. These claims are false. Okay. Clinics often advertise that they are conducting clinical trials using these products. Patients should ask clinics for documentation from FDA that they are conducting a clinical trial under an active investigational new drug application, also known as an IND. Patients should always be wary if a clinic advertises a patient-funded clinical trial. All right. So, um, and remember clinicaltrials.gov, that's where you go. This is me talking now. Um, that, you know, if, if it's actually a legit FDA you know, clinical trial in the U S and most of the world, it will be listed on clinicaltrials.gov under when you do your search for FSHD. Okay. That's an easy way to check it. Okay. The, the page then goes on to say, what are the, say the risks patients should be aware of potential risks related to unproven stem cell treatments injection site reaction, failure of the cells to work as expected, growth of tumors, infections, potential for contamination of the product, the ability of cells to move from placement sites and multiply or change into inappropriate cell types. Patients should also be aware of potential risks of exosomes. Recently, patients in Nebraska who were treated with products marketed as containing exosomes experienced serious adverse events, including bacterial infections. Okay. So, um, so actually we, we learned, I actually learned some stuff right here. First off, that's the, um, uh, publication that, uh, Carice was talking about, about Nebraska, where there were some people got sepsis. Um, but this also, you know, explains why those of you who watch American football will, will probably be aware that sometimes some of the players get injured and you'll hear about them going to Europe to get stem cell treatment for their um, sprained ankle or their pulled, uh, you know, or their ACL injury or whatever it is. And I always wonder, why aren't they doing that in the U.S.? Well, they're doing it in Europe <laughs> or wherever they're doing They're not doing it in the U.S. because it is not FDA approved in the U.S. to do this. And that's very clear from here what it says. I'm just going to do another little click here. It says FDA's warning about stem cell therapies. Let's see what that has to say. Um... Some patients may, FDA warns about stem cell therapies. Okay, now this is FDA.gov um, webpage. Some patients may be vulnerable to stem cell treatments that are illegal and potentially harmful. Okay, there's a YouTube video on there. And so then you can say, researchers hope stem cells will one day be effective in the treatment of many medical conditions and diseases, but unproven stem cell treatments can be unsafe 
So get all of the facts if you're considering any treatment. Stem cells have been called everything from cure-alls to miracle treatments, but don't believe the hype. Some unscrupulous providers offer stem cell products that are both unapproved and unproven. So be aware of potentially dangerous procedures and confirm what's really being offered before you consider any treatment. The facts. Stem cell therapies may offer the potential to treat diseases or conditions for which few treatments exist. Sometimes called the body's master cells, stem cells are the cells that develop into blood, brain, bones, and all types, all of the body's organs. They have the potential to repair, restore, replace, and regenerate cells that could possibly be used to treat many medical conditions and diseases. But the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is concerned that some patients seeking cures and remedies are vulnerable to stem cell treatments that are illegal and potentially harmful. And the FDA is increasing its oversight and enforcement to protect people from dishonest and unscrupulous stem cell clinics while continuing to encourage innovation so that the medical industry can properly harness the potential of stem cell products. To do your part to stay safe, make sure that any stem cell treatment you are considering is either FDA approved or being studied under an investigational new drug application, IND, which is a clinical investigation plan submitted and allowed to proceed by the FDA. Okay, you just go on. That was directly verbatim from the FDA website um, on their FDA warns about stem cell therapies. Go look for it yourself. Do some investigation on this. See what's going on. Um, you know what? <laughs> I actually hadn't looked at any of this before. Uh, neither had Carice before we were talking. And But you know what? It's exactly what we had said. And this is validating. Remember, this is this is what's up. This is you know it's very clear um, that uh, in the respect for FSHD, um, the the verdict is out. These are unproven and potentially uh, unsafe. Now, it also brings up. I want to want to make sure we're also clear what we talk about when we say stem cells. Again, this is just me talking. Um, what um, what uh, Chip had referred to in his previous thing was getting umbilical cord stem cells. Okay, these are stem cells that are cultured uh, from uh, when babies are born. You clip the umbilical cord, and you get stem cells. You isolate them, they culture them. Um, these so these are not from him. These would be or any individual getting this type of treatment. These are. Um, you know, from whatever, whoever the baby was, okay, they're, they're not your own, um, because that, you know, they sure, and now you could, now that you do hear about things about saving cord blood for babies, right, and the idea would be that if those stem cells could then someday be used for that baby once they've grown up, and if they have any sort of issues, but that's a different thing, well, it's actually the same thing, but it's not, not what's going on, it's the same idea, um, you know, but here you're using uh, stem cells from umbilical cords from Completely unrelated people, okay, and they are being injected into muscles. Okay, this is um, these are pluripotent stem cells. Okay, so they can they, these are this is not what Beta Therapeutics is doing. This is not what um, Rita Perlingero or Attack <laughs> My God, I get her name right is doing um, that you've heard about. Those are cell therapies that are totally different, right? The goal of the um, umbilical cord stem cells. Honestly, I, it really is just 
from my my interpretation, my understanding of it, they're just you know pumping in growth factors and things that um and anti-inflammatories and cytokines and you know little factors like that. The cell therapy that Vita Therapeutics is doing or that Dr. Perlingrino is doing um, are actually about growing muscle. Those are not pluripotent stem cells. Those are muscle stem cells. These are going to be kind of already derived down a pathway, and the whole point of that is to um, have them fuse to your muscles and increase muscle mass. And these also are going to be cells that are derived from you. Okay. That is what those um, uh, or, uh, projects are about. Okay. Those are called um, autologous uh, cell transplant, meaning they are from the person. You, know, you take the cells from the person and then you put them back into the same person. And the point of those projects, which are still in the R&D stages, okay, and are many years away, um, are to put muscle stem cells um, back into people, presumably once the FSHD or the muscular dystrophy is already cured, and then this is a cell therapy to help you get your muscle back. Totally different than what uh, Chip was talking about and having um, umbilical cord stem cells injected into his muscles. Different idea, different type of cell, different mechanism that they would act and um so so totally different regardless none of these are under being <laughs> undertaken in the united states at this time um and so that's clear and um so anyway just wanted to make sure that we're all clear on that because um you know it's just uh it's just you know um i know people get excited i know people are desperate and you want to hear you know so you know things are moving but I do like the idea that, you know, you know, the stem cell idea of umbilical cord stem cells comes around every few years. And, you know, let's find out if it works. Fine. Set up a clinical trial, properly done, properly regulated, and properly monitored in the U.S. And let's actually see if this works. I think that would be fantastic. I would like to know um, if it works or if it doesn't work. So we can either put it to rest or, or, or drive it forward or figure out how to make it work. Anyway, it sounds like that might be on the radar somewhere. Um, uh, I actually have no, no inside information on that, but again, this is not going on uh, in the, in the U S right now. Um, and so just, just to be clear, all right, well, I got a special treat for you. One of my favorite groups, uh, redneck grease deluxe with mama was a dancer at the Claremont lounge. But to her, it was breakfast And never once did she come to see my little league team play Cause mama was a dancer at the Claremont Lounge Those men would give her money just to shake her butt around The other kids at school didn't treat me worth a damn Cause mama was a dancer at the Claremont Lounge As much as any mother could She came home from work To help get me off to school So many times I saw 
my tribute to my fifth grade girlfriend who, um, <laughs> shout out <laughs> shout out to you know who you are uh stage name was natasha and um you know if the, if the point of uh of school is to you know give you, be a, all you so, can be. so you can make a learn how to make a living you know but it's fine no i actually in all seriousness um you know we got together a 10 year reunion and and i was talking with her and um again like i said we you know we we went to um I mean, kindergarten through high school together, same neighborhood and everything. Really, she's really fantastic. And although, you know, in sixth grade on Halloween, um, she did go trick-or-treating as a Playboy bunny. <laughs> so I think the writing was on the wall. <laughs> and, and she got a lot of candy. <laughs> I tell you. That's when they start breaking out the full-size candy bars. See, just like that, you're like, okay, that's when Back in the days when you could have home-baked... Uh goods and give them away for Halloween. Right? That was back in the day when you yeah, before the razor blades. Before the... <laughs> yeah, that was back before you had to go yeah, get things yeah, like um, when I was really young, we still got yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got home baked goodies. Oh yeah, you get like Crazy. popcorn balls and stuff and muffins and so, yeah, I don't know. So but um that was just a, but you know it was funny because she was actually I was talking to her and she's like, oh you know Vinnery you're you have a PhD you're doing so well look at me I'm just a stripper. And I was like you know I said well no you, are you, you know, so are you living at home? She's like, well, no. I'm like, okay, so you're supporting. Okay, do you need any help? I mean, you know, she'd gotten divorced. And like, you know, so you're, you're on your own taking care of yourself? Yeah. It's like, okay, so what are you doing? Well, she's like, I put myself through school and got a biology degree. I'm like, okay, so wow. let's see. You're, you're on your own. You're totally self-sufficient. You put yourself through school. I was like, man, I think you're doing great. <laughs> I don't tell them. Nothing to be depressed about there. She's enjoying herself. And she's doing great. She probably made more money than I do. <laughs> actually, you know. And I like, but but in the end, I mean, it's like there's no judgment. And I think you know, she, you know, actually had did have kind of a tough, a tough upbringing. And I know about that. And um, and I think she's doing great. And so you know, whatever, man. You know, I think it's great. Actually, I thought about you know, she did get a biology degree. And I'm thinking, you know, I could when I when I got my lab, I thought, you know, I had to give her a call and see. And and I, then, you know, I actually have to move to Illinois, and I don't, I don't know. I thought maybe maybe that wasn't that. I was actually going through divorce and getting remarried. And you had enough problems. Maybe that wasn't a great move. <laughs> no, Frank, call, calling up the next girlfriend, no matter when there, that is never never ends well. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, I did get a call from. Did I talk about my, my Tracy without an E? Did did actually email me once? They know about Tracy without an E. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was my high, my high school girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, yeah, I better not talk about. It. <laughs> we go. We're trying anyway, to be so trying to be better. So that was my shout. So that was Redneck Grease Deluxe. Okay, and uh, that was from Bubble Palooza, uh, which is uh, it was at the Star Bar in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, Bubble Palooza was actually the the rockabilly response to Lollapalooza. And I got to tell you, it is a great album, man. They got Deacon Lunchbox, um, the Vidalias, Faking It, you know, Redneck Screech Deluxe. You know, man, I mean, you got to have a P, you know, you know, PBR, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you got to get yourself a 24-ounce PBR when you listen to Redneck Grease Deluxe. <laughs> you got uh, Slim Chance and the Convicts singing George Jones has never sung about my girl. 
You got uh, Jenny and the Speed Billies, Out of Town. Love it. And then um, this is my favorite, though. Southern Culture on the Skid singing Two Pigs in a Blanket. She's my little biscuit eater. You're pumping all these songs they can't even buy on Amazon. You can't even. <laughs> you, gotta, you have to actually have to get the CD at the show, which I actually have here in my, my grubby, little paws. grubby little hands. You know, you have um, and then my one of my absolute favorite from the Diggers. She's breaking my heart while I'm drinking her beer. You, you like how a Southern comes out when he's... That's <laughs> <laughs> from his time in Georgia. Before that, it's the Mid Midwestern... I, I uh, I'm an educated redneck. Well, that's what you said when I asked you where... You, I couldn't place your accent. You said educated redneck. You didn't even miss a beat. <laughs> <laughs> no one like, thinks they have an accent until somebody tells them they do. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, I went to Australia where everybody in Australia's got an accent. And people tell me I have an accent. Of course. Like, what are you talking about? It's all you relative. Oh, <laughs> you know, now they sound like Crocodile Dundee, man. I, mean, I don't have an accent. The only people without accents are Detroit. People from Detroit. Well, that's a horrible Midwest New accent. Newscaster. Just no inflection. Everything's straight. No, that's not true. Really? How did you... you how, no, Detroit. Yeah. No, Detroit. Right. Yes. No emphasis That is a Midwestern... No, no, no. Syllable. Detroit. Detroit is a Midwestern accent. Is that Detroit. right? All right. Yeah. Well, if you say so. That's my other accent. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. Anyway. All right. So we're back and we're going to talk. So the other thing, so a couple other things, you know, there are some science meetings that have gone on around lately. The Muscular Dystrophy Association had a meeting um, in Dallas, which uh, not a whole lot of FSHD, but Epic Bio presented there and they presented their CRISPR inhibition platform. And, um, you know, we didn't actually see the president. We didn't go to the meeting and see the president. But I did see, you know, someone forwarded me the information they put out there. And they claim that they are still um, on pace for an IND filing with the FDA at the end of 2023. Um, and the first in human trials in 2024. You guys are always asking about what's coming. Well, this is straight from the from the Epic Bio site, right? They, they say, and what this is, this is gene therapy. Right. So this is actually putting a piece of DNA permanently into you and all the cells of your body and having it express um, a repressive machine, which actually creates our That's why we call her a CRISPR goddess. She actually um, invented CRISPR inhibition for FSHD. So yeah, tell, tell us, why don't you cover? I'm talking too much. Why don't you talk, tell us about their CRISPR inhibition versus, uh, yeah, just uh, what, what their product is. Oh, what are they is. doing now? They're using uh, what, DNMTs? Yeah. Fused to mini casts to get everything because DNMTs are quite so a bit bigger. So what's a DNMT? Than, uh, it's a DNA methyl transferase. It uh, brings in uh, basically DNA methylation machinery to, uh, you know, certain targeted areas of the genome depending on your guide RNA. So, so everybody here, you guys take our test, right? If you have people who know our methylation test, our epigenetic test, you know that an FSHD, the DUX4 region, has very low methylation which allows the DUX4 gene to be expressed in skeletal muscles and, and people without FSHD have high methylation. So you're familiar with methylation. So, so they're, they're playing around with methylation yeah, enzymes. Trying to increase the, the methylation at D4Z4, you know, which in, in principle is very sound, you know, I think, uh, yeah, we would say that's a, you know, something we You've thought about a long it. time ago. I tried it. Yeah, we yeah. thought about it. I a think long a lot of people, ago. a lot of people did. <laughs> everybody has the same idea. I always say that everybody's it's the most the same direct ideas. way, yeah. you know. But uh, of course, devils in the details. Devils in the details, and uh, it all depends on the system you're using, whether things work or not, and how relevant it is. And well, you know, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> right. So anyway, so so that that is their idea. Is they're going to target the DNA methyltransferase um, machinery along with the Crab transcriptional repressor, which is actually fused to their gobbledygook of stuff that they have right. and try to shut down the ducks for locus. Um, and so uh, you deliver it with a 
an adenovirus. So they actually say in their in their release in their poster that they're using R eight seventy four AV, which is a virus that's been used in human clinical trials before. Yep. Right. At pretty high doses, and mm -hmm. and and so they're still on track. So you know, conceptually, big picture, it's good news for the field. You know, there's another. You know, they're basically saying that they're going to have a, a gene therapy clinical trial in 2024, and that's what they're on track for. So, you know, All more right. power to them. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, we do a different CRISPR inhibition. We actually did um, work on many CASAs in our academic lab, and you did some of this work. And there, there were some issues with it, which they may or may not have run yep. into or yep. be aware of. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's okay. That's um, okay. We have a different approach, and we've talked about that in the past. We're not going to talk about it there because we didn't really make a presentation. So the other presentation um, that was there was Leo Wang, who is an outstanding neurologist at um, University of Washington, your former stopping yeah, grounds. Yeah, my uh, alumni. Yeah. Um, Leo presented on the um, open-label extension of the Fulcrum trial. Okay, so those of you who were in the Fulcrum Redux trial... Redux 4, was it Redux 4, maybe? I don't know. If you're in the phase 2B trial, whether you're on placebo or not, if you're on drug, half the people are on placebo and half the people are on lesmapamod. Um, when, once the um, 48 weeks was over, everybody was on uh, lesmapamod. So people that were on it for the first 48 weeks now got to continue to be on it. This is what's meant by open label extension. You know that you're on the drug. That's why it's open label. And extension beyond. So you get long-term thing. And then the people that are on the placebo, now we're able to get the drug. Mm -hmm. So that's always a concern. Every time people talk about clinical trial, they say, oh, I just, as long as I get the drug. Well, it's double-blinded clinical trial. These mean that um, uh, the doctor actually doesn't know who they're giving the drug to. Right. Everything is just blinded. Yeah, you know, blinded. And so so they can't even if you ask your doctor and even if they wanted to give you the good stuff, they couldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't know what to do. Right. So double blind. So every, but but one of the reasons the benefits, they figure it is you are a guinea pig if you're going into a clinical trial. Yeah. So the benefit is you're, you, you have this opportunity and that's what you should look for in these clinical trials. I know the avidity trial also says that they will have an open label extension. You want to make sure that you have the ability or the option to get the drug after you've gone through that whole year right. of being in the clinical trial. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that's good. So so what he reported is that there continued to be some level of benefit on reachable workspace and um, some people that uh, were on placebo and then crossed over to drug um, also saw some benefit. Mm. So now it's interesting because fulcrum stock tanked. <laughs> like yeah, two doesn't really drive uh, with so that. So it was kind of a weird, and, I, and there wasn't really a lot of the data was not released, yeah. and they did not look at Ducks four. Right, they're just looking it at the reachable, reachable workspace. workspace. Yeah, do you get a functional improvement when you're on that? So it's not really clear, and there's a lot of questions about how valid this is. But you know, just on face value, what they're saying is that for at least uh, at least some people that are on lesmopamod with FSHD. They're getting some benefit. Yeah, which is that, good. that's what the that's what they're putting out. There. Right, right. It's not clear how many people, or if it's everybody, you know, and how much. But but yeah. again, I mean, so is that better than some people think that I'm overly negative about the lot? I, I just think one, we can do better. But as B38 inhibition, you know, that's that's kind of a squirrely business. Yeah, I always thought so. Still, still think so, especially long term. P38 is just such an important regulator of so many aspects of uh, of myogenesis. 
So yeah. there's two there's two scientific components of this. One is it failed on meeting the endpoint of repressing ducks four in vivo. Right. And two, you could conceive of a way that you could get benefit short term without repressing ducks four. Right. And three, I guess there are three. You can imagine long term. You can imagine long term uh, potential problem. Yeah. Now again, these are we could imagine understanding the science yeah. of the, just, of the just understanding thinking the biology. about the science, the biology. Yeah. These okay. Then this is why you have trials, and this right. is why there's always risk in being in the trial because yeah, you, nothing's for sure. That's why you're, you're testing. Right. I mean, and the, but testing. nothing gets done if you're not in trial. Right. So you, so we got to get these trials filled, no matter what the trial it is. Well, I shouldn't say no matter what. There yeah. are some crackpot trials. But, <laughs> but I think there's a legit trial yeah. doing well, and we're learning a lot from the trial regardless. Yes, and how to do how to run the trials for. Yeah. for it's really been important. But you know, it was interesting. I was having a conversation with a with a with a colleague, and and it was, I actually had an interesting take that, uh, you know, because I've always like go back to their own data that they did not suppress ducks four, and the take was, well, you know, maybe they didn't do the analysis correctly. There could be a better way to do the analysis. So maybe if the analysis was done differently, um, clearly not. It's not because of the muscle biopsy. So there was some question about right. why why did it why did the phase two B fail to meet the ducks four endpoint. So, so one question was, well, they thought maybe the site of the biopsy was the problem. Well, we recently published a study. You're not actually part of the well no. stone, are you? No, it's funny because <laughs> my lab, you know, myself and, and, and Takago are part of the Wellstone um, Cooperative Research Center for Muscular Dystrophy in Seattle. And we recently published a study um, called the BILAT study. It's up in bioarchives. It's not been peer reviewed yet, but it'll be out probably through peer review not, not too long. Um, but it is up in the free um, preprint server. And what that study shows is that for muscles that are basically undergoing pathology, we get about 20% of fat infiltration and then, you know, in the muscle, it doesn't matter where you take the biopsy, you get a ducks for signature. Okay. So it suggests as long as you get a, a muscle undergoing the proper MRI character, right. so you don't need an MRI guided biopsy. And you don't have to worry, and this is actually hugely important for how clinical trials should be done, because it tells you that if you pick the right muscle by MRI, the right kind of muscle, you're not going to, you can't explain away your result. You don't have to worry that, hey, I missed a spot. Because yeah. we, we know that ducks four is very sporadic in its expression. Right, right. Now, this was really good news, actually, knowing that you have the whole muscle. Yeah, anywhere in there you pick it. You don't you have pick, to get lucky. You can pick right in the center, right? You pick right in the yeah. thick part of the muscle. Yeah. If the Even if the pathology... Is it the distal end of the muscle or the proximal end? Right. Normally at the distal. But the ducts for molecular signature is there. Throughout. Throughout. Once you've reached about a 20% um, fat yeah. count, right? So it is so sort of MRI guided. It's properly. A, well, it's, it's MRI. Uh, it's, it's MRI informed. MRI informed. Yeah. informed <laughs> that's right. right. That's a better term. But that's really good news because that tells you that one, you can, you can, it tells you something about, well, you can't explain away a result by saying, well, we just missed it. Right. Unless, of course, you didn't use MRI informed. But then the other thing about it is the way that the we assessed the the data was a bit different too. It wasn't using this multiplex RT PCR that currently was that was done. Mm. And so you know, so there's the potential. I guess there's still the potential. But the disappointing thing is that no one's going back and looking. Yeah, because they have you know, that's a wealth of data. Still like to you know, think that they would they would mind? Well, because it's a different way of thinking about it. If if you said you are shutting down ducks four, for sure in the trial. And you had the data to show that, and you were only getting one or two or three percent benefit. You'd think, well, 
But over five or six years, that's going to be much better. Yeah. But when you're not shutting down ducks for and you get some benefit, all I can think is... How's you know, this happening? Well, like, bro, Brad, our angry dad said, if you're not shutting down ducks, you're bailing the boat out, but eventually the boat's going to sink. Yeah. Right? So actually, conception... Now, you know, what's going on is what's going on, whether we can see it or not. But conception, that's one of the things that just kind of bothers me about it. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you can imagine multiple... Actually, it's interesting. So so um, Silver Vandermeer and Stephen Tapscott and Robbie Twill have a review out. It's a really good review. I should I pull that up. But they've recently published a review on Therapeutic, kind of similar to your review. But I noticed that P38 was in there, and it was functioning in regards to the inflammation pathway. Hmm. And how suppressing inflammation that might would provide be, short-term benefit, and it would provide you, you know, they actually show because that is one thing that's known is you yeah. can actually have a regeneration effect, but you can also have an anti-inflammatory. So effect. is lesmopamide any different than getting corticosteroid injections every or stem cells? Uh, few weeks. <laughs> or stem cells, yeah. But exactly. you don't know, and that's right. kind of the issue, and that's the that's the concern. So, but anyway, the trial is going on. Um, it's trending positive based on the the results that are being put out by the people, and you know, so that's uh, that's some other news out there. So you know, it's always. Um, just kind of that's, uh, you know, what's what's kind things of going on. And yeah. well, things are always moving. You now, avidity, I'm not sure if avidity has dosed their first person yet. I actually don't know. Um, but that trial is, is uh, it's kind of been dragging on the mm-hmm. on the rollout. Yep. Um, but I guess that's the other news that came out this um, recently. I guess I haven't done a podcast in a while. I got, you know, you know me, I got to be, I got to be feeling it. To that's right. <laughs> you got to be in the zone. Well, and I'm trying not to be overly negative. I just, you know, it just really, it really kind of took me aback when I got all, all this and you're directly aware of some of the criticisms I got yeah. and, and threats um, <laughs> if I don't change things. Shape up. And, of course, you know, my response is crown with the walnuts. I like, <laughs> found sand. I don't know. But, you know, every time I say I picture Brad or, or, or Mike doing their like pound suck sand. Suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up, buttercup. Oh, that's why I use on you, right? Suck it up, buttercup. On me? When did you tell me to suck it up, buttercup? Well, how do you even know that? How do you know that? That's from uh, back when we were in Boston. I can't remember what the well, exactly. what the context was, but we we're we we're going to tell somebody else that. <laughs> suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't remember. That was good. I always I always like that. Phrase. You like suck it up, buttercup. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can go with that. Suck it up, buttercup. It's got a nice ring to it. Um, but we're just going to do what we're going to do. I'm taking a little bit of it. You know, I'm going to try to keep it. Try try to be. <laughs> not blatantly point out when people are incompetent. <laughs> For example, we'll do it very subtly. Very subtly. <laughs> people that be people that remain nameless are grossly incompetent. Um, I guess that covers my base. Yeah, right? could be anyone. Um, could be anyone. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Remember, I'm always the dumbest person in the room. Ah, you just said that. that's a gym. disclaimer. Trust me, if you're sitting in a room with uh, we got some frogs over there. Doc Hameda here. You are the uh, you're you're the dumbest person. Really in the room. smart frogs. <laughs> person yeah anyway so uh other thing that came out avidity did actually have some news right which is you know they had had a hold a clinical hold in the marina myotonic dystrophy trial so avidity uses um (laughs) their aoc they're really really dumb belligerent oligos uh that are antibody um oligo conjugates that's what the aoc stands for yes um, I think I came up with an actual different acronym for them that spelled out moron. Oh, you should suggest that. <laughs> well, that's not right. If you got to do something, just spell out moron. Um, is there a moron or moron? What they one, think of that? <laughs> I got to find that. I actually spelled that. I spent too much time trying to figure out how to come up with it. It was like, it was like 
mRNA, oligo, um, repression, oh, you actually did <laughs> repression of, um, of uh, nucleic, no, acids nucleic acids or something yeah. like that. Our moron platform. Uh, to, anyway, same idea. Anyway, these are, these are antibodies fused to antisense molecules that are going to help them really efficiently get into muscle cells. And considering the antibody they're using, troponin, um, lots of other kinds of cells too. Mm. But that's why it's a platform. It's just, it's not a muscle specific platform. It's a really increased uptake platform right. with these antibodies. Right. And then there was a clinical hold put in their, in their myotonic dystrophy trial on, on because in whatever, on, on dosing for one patient right. that was released. And they decided they're going with a four mg per kg. No, so actually at four migs per kg, and this may mean nothing to you. That's four milligrams per kilogram of the person um, injecting an IV. Uh, you, they got clinical benefits, some release of myotonia. So they actually got functional benefit in patients. And they also got molecular benefit because they saw that the DMPK mRNA, which is the problem, you know, was, was reduced. So again, niantisense knocked down mRNA. So they removed the mRNA and... In myotonic dystrophy, you get rid of the DMPK mRNA, and that releases um, splicing factors and allows the cells to function better, make a more healthy transcriptome, right? Right. So the same technology is going to FSHD. In FSHD, you're going to want to knock down the DUX4 mRNA to get rid of DUX4 and restore the healthy transcriptome. Right. And so the question is about dosing. Right. So anyway, the news there was that they had settled on a formig per kg because it got a level of therapeutic benefit, both clinically and molecularly. So I'm, I guess that's the news, right? Yeah. So, so in FSHD, my feeling is you're still going to need to go significantly higher. higher. Yeah, and it's going to be toxic. And I've seen online, they still are planning to go higher in, in you know, but maybe they, you know, in their, their trial, you can see it on clinicaltrials.gov. You can see all the aspects of it. And I know that they have a webinar out there that you can read all about it on avidity. Um, we're actually very positive about the idea of an antisense. I am. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for Dux4. Sure. I'm just dying to see what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always to me. It always comes down to dosing. Yeah, can you get but, an efficacious dose that's not going to have a? Well, they've been talking about this for ten years, effect. eleven years, twelve I know, years I know. now. Yeah, twelve years. We've yeah, known this principle work. has been there, and it's worked great in vitro and in salt, uh, and in animal, animal models. models. Yeah, but God, yeah. I'm just dying to see. And again, what's it's not, the actual it, clinical effect? Yeah, yeah. But it's not like watching a NASCAR race. You're not like looking for an accident. <laughs> it's a right? lot slower, actually. Well, I mean, but people watch NASCAR because they're just waiting for the right, big pile right, up right. at Talladega. Yeah, no, right no, now, we want to see it work. I want to see how you know is it going to work, right? Because yeah. if you're going at four mig or eight migs. Are you going to see any benefit at all? And maybe you'll see tremendous benefit. We, we, I mean, that's the point of the clinical yeah. trial. You just don't know. Yeah, you just feel like the therapeutic window. There's going to be efficacy and safety is is a narrow one, and and you just hope for the best. And this, and this is what it's a bit of a gamble. But this is what has killed other antisense oh, yeah. trials for other diseases. Yeah, well, trials for other things for other diseases. Well, well, and, and gene therapy as well. Yeah. Is that you? You know, an effic uh, a, a safe dose. Is not efficacious and an, and efficacious, an efficacious dose, dose isn't safe. Is not safe. So what that do you is, do? That has been the history yeah. so far. Which is why getting delivery vehicles that are so much more efficient, so much more uh, better targeted, is so important. Um, just the, the ability to lower the dose even by two or three fold is huge 
huge in in in, uh, in this field. Yeah, really small change, right? Because yeah. and that is actually can make I mean, the difference. Really small changes made all the life difference. and death, success yeah. and failure. You know, yeah. really important. So you know, more power to you, Avidity. Hope you know. I hope that trial gets going. I'm glad to see that the clinic, I'm clinical trial um, hold has been relieved in the um, myotonic mm -hmm. trial. Yeah. And you know, I hope that they've uh, learned a lot from the myotonic trial, Marina trial. They go forward with the uh, well, obviously they will have because the same platform technology for the FSHD trial. Yeah. So uh, you know, I guess it's going to be a couple years before we we'll find out. Before we know, but um, maybe there'll be some sort of release earlier. I don't, we have no connection with it. Yeah. But you know, hey, you know, again, things are moving. So now, I mean, so we've talked about a small molecule trial, which is um, that's the Lasmapamod trial. Mm -hmm. You got the uh, Epic says they're going forward with gene therapy, and you got uh, Antisense. So that's three totally different modalities. Yeah, just in the past few weeks. Yeah, going, but going, you know, for Epic. So things are, things are moving. Things are, the math doesn't necessarily work out for the. They move faster when you don't do a podcast for a few weeks. <laughs> Well, you know, actually, it's uh, it's interesting. Oh, and then you got the stem cell thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, two steps forward, one step. Uh... I, I sure hope there's no damage being done. Um, but I, I will just flat out say, um, I do not give my seal of approval no. to stem cell or exosome Absolutely treatment not. as a scientist. Yep. And um, I believe things should be done appropriately in clinical trials that are controlled with the appropriate controls and the appropriate assessment yep. um, for them to work. Yep. And for those of you considering doing this, breaking the bank on uh, on doing something like this, um, you don't know what you're getting into. Um, and whether it's short-term benefit, long-term benefit deficits, and I think there's a legitimate concern about disqualifying yourself for future clinical for, trials for, for real viable trials. Yeah. That are coming. Yeah. I know everybody's desperate. I know you guys really, and I, I know that you're desperate for yourself, for your kids, for people, but you know, this, it, you know, it would be different 10 years ago when some of my friends did the 10 years ago, there's nothing on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, it's a helmet, you know, the clock's running out, right? right. You're like, cause you've got one play left. What are you going to do? Right. So instead he doesn't win the race when you got five seconds on the clock and you yeah. got to go the length of the field. Yeah. But that ain't where we are. Yeah. We got, we got, you know, we, there's so many things going. Your, your review pointed out there's so many different modalities for FSHD. Yeah. And they're all in a really good shape. And they're, they're getting there. Yeah. They're getting, they're getting there. Yeah. Right. But it does take a few years to get through clinical trial, but, but it's important because the reason it takes a long time is to make sure that things are safe and that they work. Yeah. Okay. I know you want everything to be done in two weeks. <laughs> Give me the drug now. You want, you want me to send you a syringe in the mail? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, you know, hurting somebody, um, damaging, you know, actually doing this wrong, doing it cutting wrong corners could set the field back, back by years, a, a decade. Yeah. And has, okay. and it has, it has the gene therapy trial Look into the history of gene therapy. You will right. see, this has been done. Mistakes have been made and we do not want to repeat those same mistakes because most of them are avoidable. At some level there's, it's a gamble, it's a risk, but you have to do everything in your power to make sure things are safe before taking that risk. That's right. And there's always going to be some risk, but you got to mitigate that. It can't be, 
because you're in a hurry to get to your IPO. Yeah, exactly. It can't, be, it can't because... be for reasons of money or prestige or, prestige or, or, or any of those things or politics. None of those things matter. All, all that yeah, matters is to be is the first to do it. Getting you know? the science right and getting it right for yeah, patients. So, scientists that want to be the first to do something, often they can be the first to kill someone with That's their right. technology. Yeah. Man. You I know what? like to have that feather in your cap. Yeah, well, you know what? Those people are still in business too. They are. <laughs> You know, they actually are. They actually are. Um, you know, it is an interesting um, business that we're in. But we're kind of doing, you know what? The thing to remember is we're just, we're weird. We are the outliers. I like to think, you know, we have always been the outsiders. We were out, we are, you know, well, that's just how it is. We've always been the out. Another book, another, I actually did read that book, The Outsiders. <laughs> Pony Boy and John, you know. Not the Stephen King novel. No, it wasn't Stephen King. The, out, the Outsiders yeah. was, um. No, no, it was a book I had to read it in like seventh grade. That's one of the oh, books I actually book. did read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was. Nah, he's read more than he likes. He likes you to think. Oh no, nah, Pony Boy. Yeah. He likes anyway, to present know. himself Ralph as Macchio. a shock. Yeah, Ralph. <laughs> he played that with uh, Dil um, Matt Dillon, and well, there was the movie too. Maybe I saw the movie and didn't read the book. I don't know. I was probably supposed to read the book. He's read all the plays of what Jean Paul Sartre <laughs> in French. Yeah, in French. <laughs> This man who doesn't read. Don't give away my secrets. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, He's a hillbilly. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a redneck. Rockabilly redneck. Right. All right. Well, that's the kind of what we're talking about today. A little update on the field. Let you know we're still kicking it here. You know, you don't hear from a, um, yeah, I got to feel it. There's always a lot going on. I got to tell you, actually, I've been promising some people some data for a long time. And I actually just felt bad. I said, boy, if I'm going to go out and put a podcast before I get all these people their data, everybody needs something. And it's a legitimate reason to try to help people. In this case, I'm trying to. I was trying to help the um, infantile FSHD group try to get kids in the clinical trials, and they needed some data from me that wouldn't exist if I had listened to the it's advice removal. given to me by the foundations. It only exists because I ignored the foundations and did it myself. And I got them the data, and now I feel okay. Now I can do a podcast. I know they're podcast listeners. They're really good folks, trying to make a difference, doing their best. And I'm like, God, man, if I go and hear a podcast and Jones still hasn't given me that data he promised us, I'm just like, man, they're just going to get a phone call. That's right. And rightfully so, because, you know, you make, you make, you got to keep your word. (laughs) It's a hell of a lot more important than the podcast was to get, was to get kids, um, get pharma companies and biotech companies to get a plan to get under 18 into clinical trials if they want to be. We need that. And I got to tell you, the numbers, the numbers we had actually are pretty good. We came out to be, um, actually pretty large number of uh of individuals there are 73 uh individuals i believe that in our in my data set of uh um domestic that you know affected tested positive and affected under 18 you know that's uh that's you know thinking of a percentage of a trial um and that's actually on a really I, that's a small sampling that's only 500 out of 500 people it comes out to be I mean, maybe 15 percent Anyway, we're going to be out of here. I know you got a bus to catch. So, um, anything else to sign off and say? No, it's just, uh, you know, things are moving. And um, yeah, always, always pleasure to be a guest on these things. All right. Always good to have you. <laughs> An here. honor. You always make it, you always make it better. All right. See y'all. Thank you for listening to the My FSHD podcast, where we share with you the latest news and information on FSHD as we strive for a cure. Do you have a question for Peter? He'd love to hear from you. You can reach him at peterjones at med.unr.edu. Thank you for listening and join us again next time for more news and information.